0: Well, coming last after all these great presentations, and then trying to say something which does justice to is all is quite difficult, and also all the body of work already being done. So I can only scratch the surface, I'm sure I'm missing most of the great points. In a way, going back with how Ruth started with Sven Harden, since Harden, there is so much more knowledge on why the commons matter, why they're essential, that there even exist in OSD countries. So they, they sustain, they are not something from the past. And they're often the common pool resources. Eh? What, what the way Ruth was saying, I'm not talking about anything else, but also the whole. There's also another element of the whole human rights, indigenous groups. That is another reason why you see a lot of commons. And they should generate revenues and benefit streams. That was also highlighted many times. Another thing I really want like to say: once a commons is lost, I think it's very difficult to get it back. Either the landscape is gone or the knowledge capacity of really managing a commons is also gone, because there's a lot of skills required, which you maybe don't see immediately to get these, keep this process going. I think what we also learned about, it's about a bundle of rights. It's about the function, not the form. It's about custodianship. So don't get hung up if it is a state or not. For me, it depends. And I think the UK case shows very clearly you can have private rights with user rights, and whether the state can help or not help. But it depends on the country. And it changes, so it requires a check. If what may work now, in 10 years, the whole governance may have changed, positively or negatively. Governance, it is collective action, has a lot of transaction costs. I mean, don't underestimate that, so they need to be able to balance benefits, to deal with all the interest. You need compliance and enforcement, you need exclusion. So, and that is an issue. And I think when there is open access, which actually the whole hardened paper, when it's free-riding, then very quickly it goes down the, rain, the train. And it's about legality, and actually <laughs> increasingly about legality, what also Peter was saying, but also legitimacy, because otherwise they will not be able to sustain themselves. So, again, a little bit more on the legality. I mean, yes, they undermine the commons. Well, the whole legal pluralism is all about how the commons lost because of all the new systems. And now, like Peter was saying, a lot of communities say it is essential. They will not be able, able to sustain if they don't can get it legal well, without losing the legitimacy. Um, sorry. So I've been scr- all scrambling, as adding all kind of things. Eh? So, so it's all about the conducive policy, legal and, reg- and regulatory framework and institutions. And also, so what so at least Wiley already found, what Peter was saying, it's less and less about policies. I mean, I think there's few policies, not to say some few nice words about Commons. More and more countries have great legislation. Maybe the UK only recently was coming, but it is the proof of the pudding is in the eating, and it's often in the nitty gritty where things are being blocked, things don't exist, it is too difficult, too cumbersome, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sometimes, by coincidence, how things evolved over time, sometimes on purpose. Don't let's not be naive on this. So it's a bit like what also Peter was saying, everybody else, like, can rights be mapped and registered at all? Where? I mean, there's so many places, there's no way you can ever get it right, mapped. Uh, Is there even an inventory of common lands. I think that's even lacking in many places. Where are the boundaries? But it should also be efficient. It should be effective and accessible. That is the whole thing. It may be a process, but if it is 30 steps and decades, that is not a process. It should take into account user rights also, the bundle. It's not only the ownership, whatever that is, the equity issues. Yes, we have to talk about transferability and alienation of rights. The leasing is not always sale, it's leasing. How to use as collateral, how to use to reduce risks. You cannot avoid that question. Mining rights, I think what I think Peter was saying, I think that is one of the major risks for a lot of comments. So you have a lot of rights here, you lose them at the other hand. I think another thing what you should not forget is not only about the la- rights to the land, but who is a group. You see a lot of countries actually around the group rights, where a lot of hurdles. And there it is, the more rights you get, the more strict it gets. And I find Brazil a very interesting case. It's not only the rights, but also the management structures. In a way, the more stronger the rights you get, the more and more that group has become almost a cooperative. So indigenous people have, can do whatever they want, but the rights are very weak relatively, it depends on the state. But I know cases that you got the rights here, but you never managed to become to get like uh, the authority for who is that group and who is not the group member. And that matters more and more when there is benefit sharing in the background. So don't don't forget about that. So that's I'm saying also the the social implication of exclusion. The more value there is, the more that will matter. The one that you should be able to exclude, but what are the consequences? I think also don't forget about transparency and accountability. Not all local structures are nice. Sometimes they're captured. There is a lot at stake. So, and then and of course the disputes. There goes two ways. It can become a hurdle, but you also need the mechanisms for that. And I think yes, what was today really brought to the table: the commercial inve- interest and investments are there. The benefits sharing, they're there. Go. We have to move beyond the subs- subsistence about the traditions, the customs, there is a new world there, and the communities need to deal with it. So how can we help them? And also, I would say what Peter was saying, be also careful. Don't, yes, people tend to be very suspicious about companies. Some are really trying to do good. They try to engage. They often also, because you can engage them, the most under attack. And if they leave the game to others, the commercial interests will not go away. With whom are you dealing then? That's not only for the commons, it's a general issue, particularly for NGOs with the companies coming in, how do you deal with that? But I see, yeah, next one. Um, Now come a little bit, of course, everyone wants to know, oh, the World Bank, (laughs) what are they doing? Um, I would say the World Bank is huge. I mean, the World Bank will not work with $10,000 loans, they work with $10 million loans. So I mean, it should be scalable. Every company is unique, but if you cannot work at that scale, they cannot deal with it. What the World Bank is doing also, in addition to money, it's also working with governments, with the legal, inst- the instruments, the system. Probably there's a lot more there on this, the pol- this policy lending, that budget support, where more can be done, or on the P4R results for payment for results. So. Because I would say the more you try to steer in the detail, you always go wrong. Because in a way you want to say, make it scalable, but don't try to go in each and every detail. It's not only for the World Bank, I think for everybody. I mean, how, where is devolution going? There are things you will never be able to know from the center, and that's why you promote devolution. But so for the, for the World Bank, for my colleagues to work with it, who have not studied the commons, who have no time to study the commons, who cannot do a PhD on the commons, of course you need to know why they matter. So Having clear rights up why commons matter, for what reason, and also on the economics on the labour. What but also the risks make it very clear if they engage with it, what will they get, but where are their risks? Because in the end they want to disperse, they don't want to get end up in inspection cases, all kind or it cannot work for all kinds of reasons. It's not only for the commons, it's for every impact investor, also in the landscapes. It's it's a lot about that, those issues: scalable simplicity, and make it understandable for people who, who don't un, don't know what it is, and make very clear then what are your risks. So make it easy, um, hold them by the hands, and there again is this balance between priority and simplification without creating risks, do no harm. I think be very clear on that, and have this vision of a roadmap. Yeah, I know. Because, a bit what Peter was saying, you, you start somewhere, a lot of more things come down the road, you need a few people who know what... Oh, that was more from the UK case. If they would have started to say, this, to engage with us, you have to go to 400 meetings with thousands of stakeholders, they would never would go into it. So don't sink the boat before it leaves the harbour. I mean, that is the that is way, how do you deal? How do you deal with... Know with whom you're dealing and what they can do, and when to put what? I think a lot again the thing is about the regulatory framework institutional framework streamlining. That is where the issues are. Um, I think for World Bank also where they can invest in infrastructure, because that is the big money. And for pastoralism, not about the water Passage, you can do many things there. I would really say the opportunity of new data, the new satellite imagery. Um, to deal with data connectivity. I think the soil testing in Peru, there are a lot of cheap tools that are out there where you can just do soil tests. If you don't know, you will never think of it. Monitoring company conduct is very easy these days. Forest fires, it gets cheaper and cheaper. Mapping information, so there's so much happening in other parts of the world who don't think of the commons, but know it and use it. I can also see And I would say, this is really what we should probably discuss about. Yes, there's a lot of uh, tradition, but how to help the commons to adjust to the future and stay relevant? Because there will always be pressure to lose from outside, the land values, from the inside, because it's a lot of work. Does the new generation still want to do it? Is what you do today still sustainable in ten years? So, like, if your lease runs out in ten years, you have to start at zero again. That you don't want to do, so prevent that. It should remain meaningful for the commoners, let's call it use that word, the people in it. But also, I think that's where the U.K. example is great. If you don't have support at those deciding about policy, institutions, how much money, what is there, you will lose it also. So build your constituency, innovate, get new people in. And then, etc.